Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Brewers Outlet Day. Yes, it's Labor Day weekend. And you need to stock up for the last weekend of the summer. Normally people, you know, the official is June 21 to September 21, but for most people it's Memorial Day to Labor Day. You need to stock up. And it's easy to stock up at Brewer's Outlet. You like beer? Plenty of it. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. A lot of people love wine coolers. Water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed is second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And yes, they have six different flavors of beautiful ice-cold slushies. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Hey, it's Labor Day weekend. Hey, hey, maybe you want to have some people, maybe watch a little college football. Maybe you want to have them over to watch the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Brewers Outlet. You need to stop there first. Make sure you're fully stocked because, believe me, your guests will always appreciate it or... If you're going someplace, the host will appreciate it. And Flyers Game 7. The Kentucky Derby is coming up. (laughs) Yes, Game 7, Flyers and Islanders. The Flyers have fought their way back. They're actually scoring goals now, which is great. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Sunbury Motors with Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Great new inventory. Awesome pre-owned inventory if that's the direction you want to go in. they got plenty of it. It's gone over with a fine-tooth comb. Fabulous sales staff and a great service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay. So, we've got Dick Girardi on the show today. We've got Jody McDonald, Jody Mack on the show today. Looking back at Tom Seaver. And the King is on today. I always have to remind Matt, who conveniently seems to forget the King. Once again, what am I? I think five for five the last couple weeks I am fully ready to go with my Super Bowl halftime show question ready for today 
Oh, yeah, i got to get some questions. <laughs> I just make them up as I go. Hey, this is our last one, by the way, because we finally get to start picks again with football back. That's true. We actually go back to picks next week. That's right. We actually have games to pick. Yeah. Oh, well. Games to pick. I wish I had a game to pick. All right. So, all right. Uh, that's a different topic. <laughs> I hear you there. On, on that topic, uh, last night on the Penn State Coaches Show, uh, presented by Pepsi, um, I obviously had a chance to talk with James Franklin. We talked about, you know, in general, what had been going on with protocols and so forth and what they've done and some of the frustration. But then I was able to get to uh, get the opportunity to talk about the team, which has been practicing this week. James, let's get to the uh, the football team itself. Uh, you've you've split uh, with blues and grays and so forth. How has that worked out? How much more time does a staff have to put in when you when you're trying to split the, uh, practices like that? Yeah, again, I think that's an example of us going over and beyond. You know, pretty much everybody I, I talk to has gone back to you know practicing as a full team. Uh, you know, we're not doing that. So, you know, everything is just magnified. And we're not very efficient, which, you know, football coaches, that's all we try to do is be as as efficient as we possibly can be to cram 15 pounds of potatoes into a 10-pound sack. I don't know if that's the typical expression, but I'll I'll switch it to potatoes. And, um, you know, know, our meetings are all on Zoom. Our practices are split, so the the players go through a, a practice. We're able to reduce the size of the people in the locker rooms uh, for that, for showers and things like that. And then, obviously, the next the next group comes out and 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 we do another practice with them. So the coaches can be on the on the field for a, for a long period of time. But there's there you know it's like anything else. It just depends on the lens that you view the situation through. Because there's been some benefits. You're working in smaller groups. You're able to give guys more individual attention. You're able to give guys more reps. Um, so there's some there's some positives. I've done it this way in the past as well, but it was by choice, and now we're doing it you know out of necessity in, in some ways. But I think there'll come a time too where, where we'll we'll be able to get back to uh, you know practicing as a full team because the other challenge, Steve, is again this isn't normal training camp. They're going to school, so you know you're talking about school and and double practices. Um, you know it just it's. You know, from a from an organizational perspective, it's been uh, it's been really interesting. Also, as the world knows, you did not have spring practice, so you've had the ten walkthroughs. You got into uh, obviously four preseason practices, and then now skill improvement. This means this has been the first opportunity in practical application to put in the offense Kirk Shiraka and you worked so hard on. How well have the players embraced that offense, and how much improvement did you see in the short period of time you have with them? Well, really good. You know, again, I've said this before. I think the the time that me and Kirk spent talking on the front end, you know, I think has really helped because I think we have a lot of similar views and philosophies. And then, you know, same thing with you know, we have a lot of mutual friends as well. So, you know, I kind of knew what I was getting with Kirk, and he kind of know knew what he was getting with me, and I think that's helped. Uh, it's funny watching him out there. He's a fiery guy. I mean, you know, he, he really is. Um, you know, and he's not the biggest guy. So you see him screaming at Will Fries and Will Fries is six, six, three, oh, five. And you got this little guy pointing up at him, you know, (laughs) just screaming and yelling. 
Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's gone really well. The guys have embraced it. Again, there's a lot of similarities and philosophies. Again, there are all the things we talked about on, on the front, on the front hands that we didn't have to make wholesale changes. Um, it's kind of a blend of both. And, uh, it's been good. Our guys have embraced it. The coaches have embraced it. And, um, you know, I, I feel really good about the people we've hired and, and how we've got them here and how they've embraced. But, you know, I, I will also say this, Steve, I know it's a long answer, but I also say this, you know, I, I, I do feel a little bit for the first time coaches. I do feel a little bit for the, for the new guys who just showed up on campus because they're not getting to get a real true feel for what a Penn State experience is like, you know. You know, the, the whiteout's not going to be the whiteout this year. There's just going to be things that are very different that I wish they could experience. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get back to that soon enough. Absolutely. Uh, which now brings me to the quarterbacks between Sean Clifford, Will Levis, Taquan Roberson, Micah Bowens. Have they been able to show a grasp of what you want to do, and how quickly did they show that? Yeah, Sean is, is really doing some nice things right now, and, and uh, you know, we've been very, very pleased and impressed with him. And I feel the same way about Levis. Levis is is really starting to kind of come on and get more comfortable. And it's important that we get him enough reps. Uh, Taquan, you know, is is kind of the same way. Obviously, there's age differences and experience differences that you know impact. So I'm basing it all off where they're at in their careers. But um, I think really, good. you know, he's got he's got really good perspective on the position. Uh, he's got a really good understanding of the biomechanics that go behind, you know, playing the quarterback position, you know, where you can create the most power and be as, be as efficient as you possibly can in your movements. And then obviously, you know, with, with Micah, he just hasn't been here very long to get a true evaluation for me to speak on him at this point wouldn't be, wouldn't be fair. Right, I understand that. Uh, threw him in there because I knew he's in the mix. So <laughs> he's practicing. So I had to throw the name in there. All right. So now you get to a point. You've always put high value on how to handle a walkthrough. You've always put high value on that. In other words, don't take a rep off, even though it's quote a walkthrough. Has that philosophy paid off because of how you've had to go about this? Because you've already put a high value on it to begin with. Very much so. If, if the guys can be. You know, you just got to envision it this way. It's, it's, it's not a walkthrough. They're down in their football position. They're taking the same footwork. There's, they have the, the game-like pad level and hat placement and, you know, uh, whether it's an offensive lineman or whether it's a tight end or whether it's a defense getting in a great stance. So, you know, you can really, if you're approaching it the right way and taking each rep in that walkthrough like it's fourth down of the Super Bowl, um, then then you're going to get better. And you're going to get better, and you're going to reduce the chance of injuries, and you're going to reduce some of the contact uh, and the wear and tear. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits, very different than the, the high school and college football that I grew up playing. Um, but um, I think it's extremely valuable, and uh, we, you know, I think we've done a nice job of that. And it's, your point is a great one. We've always approached it that way. And it's allowed us to magnify the, the circumstances that we're under right now. Have you been able to get an accurate read or a good read on wide receivers, or is that not quite the, there yet because it's not full speed? Well, the good thing is since since the NCA came back to us last week and said that we could go uh, skelly periods, okay, uh, and the Big Ten got approval to do that, so 
that's been really good because you're able to go full speed skelly where you don't have as many bodies around each other um, and can still get really good work done. And let's be honest, you know, everybody's doing seven on sevens in high school and, and all over the country, um, you know, on their own, you know, uh, you know, without, without gear on and, you know, two hand touch tag off, whatever you want to call it and can get, can get better. I, I, you know, I think about my, my high school career, I would have loved to have grown up in this generation where, you're literally able to do seven on seven all spring and all summer and really grow as a passer and uh, and as a defender of you know the passing game. James, uh, you have to make the twelve hours work, uh, but you know, how are you making the twelve hours work for you, especially the limited time that you have in the field? And how many idealistically would you, would you like to have the twenty? Oh, we should be twenty. Every sport, yeah. every sport is 20 hours and when the big 10 made this decision we were expecting 20 hours and then we got you know we got the information back that we're going to be at 12 which makes no sense when every other sport is at 20 um you know and to be honest with you the last thing you want right now is a lot of free time because what everybody has seen is people aren't having any issues with their sport or their activity it's the behaviors when they're away you know, trying to modify the behaviors when they're not with you. Uh, that's when everybody's at most risk. So, um, again, what, once once 12 hours is what we were told we, you know, we had, we fought it, and, and then once they said that's what we had, then you move forward. And, uh, you know, do everything you possibly can to get everything out of those 12, you know, from a lifting and, you know, conditioning standpoint to a, to a meeting, uh, from a meeting perspective. And then from a practice, from a practice perspective, so um, you know it's been good. You know, I, I I've been pleased with it, but I but I sure would like twenty. So if you got any uh, juice, Steve, and you can get us to twenty, maybe you can call somebody. Uh, we'd appreciate that as a big ten. Thirty seconds, I'll be on the phone. Uh, finally, in the, in the final few few seconds we do have, how proud are you of the three four zero as a team that you saw during the spring? Yeah, you know, it's it's all of it, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's not just about, you know, the wins. It's not just about, you know, guys going to the NFL or GPA or graduation rates and, you know, behaviors and, you know, impact on the community. It's, it's all of it. If you're, if you're running a real, you know, college football program, you know, it's all of it. And uh, you work really hard at it. Uh, the players understand what the expectations and what the standards are. Um, and, you know, and, and to be able to see it, it's almost like game day, right? You know, on, on Saturday afternoon or Saturday night, you very clearly know um, if you got the job done or not. And it's the same way with the end of the semester when the grades come out. So, um, you know, we're, we're proud of it. But, you know, we just, just got to keep doing it because it's about consistency. You know, it's, about, it's not just about winning one Saturday. It's about, you know, winning as many Saturdays as you possibly can. And the same thing in the classroom. James, you're the best. Appreciate it very much. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Appreciate you, Steve. James Franklin, head football coach of the uh, Nittany Lions. Next half hour, Dick Girardi will join us. We'll talk about the Kentucky Derby. Yep, nothing like that first Saturday in September. Better than nothing. Yeah, well, I may have to dispute the 
the nothing part of it because at noon tomorrow, that's what I've got. <laughs> right. The King, by the way, in the final half hour, I just want to keep reminding Matt, we don't want the King <laughs> left out. We're all ready to the, roll. Uh, in the cold here. He forgot oh, last week. I, I know. Am I the only one that remembers? It's <laughs> a good question. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street and Summer, the Beverage Supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great pre-owned inventory. Great service department. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Q, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And this is Friday. Time to get ready for the weekend. I say get in the car right now and get the weekend off to the best start you can ask for by going to Brewer's Outlet. Stock up for the weekend. Big three-day weekend. Best selection of beer anywhere. Imports, domestics, microbrews. They also have wine coolers, water, soft drinks, plenty of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of nice ice-cold slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, I might add. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And you may want to have somebody over, socially distant, of course, to watch the Kentucky Derby post-time 701. It is the first Saturday in September, which means the Kentucky Derby? Wait a minute. Am I... What? Am I fouled up here? What? What? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's 2020, Steve. Yeah, why wouldn't it be the first Saturday in September yet? Well, it's a bizarre year. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The, 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 the clear favorite is Tis the Law, who won the Belmont. Uh, but the Belmont was back in late June, and they've all run since. Uh First of all, what kind of impression did this horse give you? Barkley Tag, Penn State grad, it's, he's, he trains it. So what kind of sense did you get from this horse? Yeah, it's interesting. With this race four months later than usual, Steve, uh, the one thing I thought would probably happen is happening. These horses are much further developed. They're like, uh, you know, maybe they were like a sophomore football player in May, and now horses grow at such a rate. Maybe they're the senior now. Yeah. Uh, the ball was probably the best horse in May. Well, the problem for the other 17 horses in it is he's improved more than all the others. Mm. And he was better than that to start with. So it's a real problem. His Travers, which was the race in between the Belmont and the Derby, was the best race run by any three-year-old all year. It was just awesome. Uh, So yeah, he's going to be very, very difficult to beat. And if he is difficult to beat, if he wins again, which I think he will, um, or under the Preakness in Baltimore for the third leg of the backward triple crown <laughs> in 2020 on the first Saturday of October. Well, what is interesting is that when you and I do a derby preview, 
none of them have run a mile and a quarter. Yep. Uh, in fact, when we talk about the Belmont, nobody's run a mile and a half. Well, this time, the Belmont's the shortest. The Derby's the longest. But, as you mentioned, the Travers, he ran a mile and a quarter. So they're yeah, going right. into this race, everybody, you know, everybody's yep. run run that distance, Dick. Yeah, I mean, he's already proven that not only running it, but winning yep. at a mile and a quarter. Uh, Max Player was also in the Travers. He's the two horse in this race. He finished third. So, yeah, that's something you never see uh, prior to. And his resume is, I mean, you can make a case, Steve, that this is one of the great resumes for a Derby favorite in history because obviously no Derby favorite has ever had the Belmont and the Travers on his resume. Impossible. Right. He's also got the Florida Derby and the Champagne Stakes, which is the biggest non-Breeders' Cup race for two-year-olds. Those four races, Champagne, Florida Derby, Belmont, Travers, before this year, no horse ever had won those four races. So that, 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 that's just it's an amazing resume. He's won four grade ones. The rest of the field combined has won three. Uh, so that's why he's such a huge favorite uh, on Saturday, deservedly so. Uh, the, uh, I, I believe the one time he didn't win actually was at Churchill. Uh, that's correct. It is... Uh, are these horses, and maybe even this horse, helped by the fact that there's no crowd? Good question. Uh, I would think, in general, horses are better without noise. Uh, a lot of them just don't react well to noise. A lot of people think that's what happened to Maxim Security last year. Right. He was reacting to the noise on the far turn as they were heading into for the home stretch, and when when he got in that bumping incident. Um, so Tisdale's only loss was at Churchill, November 30th of last year. I would say it was not due to the racetrack. It was more due to circumstance. It was the only race he didn't run on a fast track. I don't know that that was the issue so much as when you watch the tape of it, Steve, he was on the inside the whole time, kind of uncomfortable, in between horses, nowhere to really get loose to run. This horse, when you watch his tapes, he's much better when he's outside, free, no impediments, and obviously he's going to be outside with the 17 post, which... People, again, that aren't, don't follow the horse racing say, oh, isn't that a problem? No, it's actually perfect. You want to be as far away from yeah. the crowd as you can in this race. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he was beaten by circumstance in that race at Churchill. Uh, like, one of the horses that beat him, finished just ahead of him, is Finnick the Fierce, who is the number one horse in here. He's 50 to 1. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a fluke uh, that, he, that he actually finished in front. He hasn't won a race since, other than to get placed first due to a disqualification. So, yeah, I just think that was a fluke result. Uh, Tisdall all otherwise is six for six and has won all by big margins. At least three lengths has been the winning margin in every race. Give me a, a read, Dick, on the combination. Barkley Tag, who's a Penn State grad, long time ago. Yep. And Manny yep. Franco, who's one of the top jockeys in New York, you know, in the, in the New York City area. Give me a read on that combination. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been perfect. Uh, he, Manny didn't ride the horse in his first start, but he's ridden him in every start since. And he's one of the top young jockeys in the country, and he just hadn't had the national exposure until the Belmont. Uh, but he, the Ortiz brothers, uh, Johnny B, Joe Rosario, the same guys that have been winning New York forever are winning, and Manny's winning meet titles up there now. Uh, not winning the Saratoga title, but he's winning titles, so he's become one of those guys that. And obviously he fits the horse. Uh, 
thing. Yeah, as we've talked about many times, they call it horse racing for a reason. It ain't jockey <laughs> racing. Jockeys can more mess it up than, than not. Uh, but yeah, Manny's given this horse. All you want to do with the best horse, just, it's like anything. If you're the best team, just don't do anything to mess it up. Get yourself in the right position, and then when it's time to go, go. And I, I, I suspect that's what Manny will do on Saturday with the. Uh, is the law. It is interesting because the vast majority of this field is 50 to 1. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, right? there's, only, there's only three horses in this field that are single digit, and that would be Honor yep. AP, which is in the 16 yep. hold next to Tiz, yep. and then authentic yep. Bob Baffert's horse with Johnny V aboard yep. uh, in the yep. 18 hole. Your thoughts on those two horses? Yeah, well, I think authentic is is dangerous for a couple of reasons. One, it's because it's backward, obviously, he's, and he's also got ten uh, number ten thousand words in here. Uh, he's going for a record tying sixth Derby win, and if you watch his workout since his last race in the Haskell, he looks like every good backward horse that's won the Derby. He's training the same way, he's reacting the same way, um, and he'll also probably be loose on the lead. I think he's the speed of the race. Uh, so from that standpoint, he's dangerous. I think in the end, he's just not good enough to beat Law. I think at some point, Law will go get him. Um, Honor AP is the best bred horse in the race. Uh, I mean, it, it just if you're saying distance to the derby, everything about him, it, it's all there. Uh, John Sheriff's is his trainer. He had the great mare Zenyatta, who almost finished her career a couple years ago, 20 for 20. It's hard to believe that's 10 years ago. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that was 2010. It's flying yeah. by. Um, and, and when I and John Sheriff's also trained Giacomo, won the Derby 15 years ago at 50 to 1. When I watch this horse run, now he's run five times, two wins, three seconds. You know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have that instant acceleration mm-hmm. that, that gets you out of trouble and and I would be a little concerned that Honor AP may get a little further behind than normal, and I don't know how well he's going to negotiate traffic. Uh, he's more of a, a grinder, and in horse racing, you want a horse with, with an accelerator and a push-button accelerator, and that's what Pistol Law has. And he's got Mike Smith aboard, which also helps Mike Smith, one of the quality ones. Uh, one, Indeed. One quick note on Giacomo. Yes, sir. Friend of mine called Mr. Girardi. I was standing right there when he called. He asked him, he says, Who do I bet on? And he says, I'll give you three words. Remember the Jacobo. <laughs> right? Those are your yeah. exact words. Yep. Right? Oh, yeah. And and this guy told me later, he says, He told me that. I said, What the heck is he recommending that nag for? He's fifty to one. <laughs> and he won the race. <laughs> Yeah, that that was that was a wild year because that was a Fleet Alex's year. Yep. And, and I actually thought a Fleet Alex was going to win, but if people when they wanted long shots, they said, "Give me a lot of long shot." I said, "Giacomo." Right. And I did the ESPN pre derby show that year, and as we're going to commercial at one point, before we get all the way there, guys counting it down three, two, one. I said, "There are three words to live by: remember the Giacomo." <laughs> <laughs> and then two weeks later, for the Freakness show, the only person that was on the Derby show that wasn't asked back by the Freakness show was me, and and the, and everybody on the show said, well, "Where is Dick? He's the one that said remember the show." <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was funny, uh, but yeah, no, that was that was me. Remember the Jockum on my face. <laughs> but yeah, I needed, I needed to run like second, third, or fourth behind a fleet Alex, and yeah. I had a, a, a pretty nice. Uh, 
Yeah. 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 With uh, with uh, Rose aboard from Belfont, so we're keeping all the local stuff here going. Uh, yeah, that's Jer- Jeremy Rose. Yep. He wrote a fleet Alex. It was yeah. Mike Smith wrote Giacomo. Yeah. At 50 to 1. How about Both that? For John Jarrett. Now he's back with Honor AP. They, they will not be 50 to 1. No. Of the, double di- of the double digits to one, Dick, who do, yep. you, who do you look at? Uh, two of them. I, these are going to be my exact place. I like New York traffic. Yep. The 15 uh, owned all by local guys. Um, and boy, this horse, Steve. Every race this year, he gets better. He improves two legs, three legs. I've never seen a pattern like this. Coming into Derby, they usually get to a plateau where they go backward. Every race has been forward. He's 20 to 1. An attachment rate is the 13 is 50 to 1. Yep. I loved his last race. He was second to Art Collector, who would have been the second choice in this race. Unfortunately, got hurt. Right. Uh, not Nothing dramatic, but enough to keep him out of the race. In a, in a little issue he had Monday morning on the track. Um, so, yeah, those are my two uh, long shots, New York traffic and attachment race. If either one of them runs second, it is the law. Uh, first dinner on the road this year is on Facebook. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> we'll work on that. Now, that, now <laughs> for Tis the Law, uh, making the turn to home, where does Tis the Law need to be? I mean, as they, make, as yeah. they come out of yep. three and they're going to make that yep. to go to four, where does he need to be? Yeah, I think he's going to be right there. If you watch all of his races, and it's interesting, he showed more speed than I thought he would in the Belmont. Yes. And similarly in the Travers. So that's another great sign. He always breaks great, so he's never in trouble. I I could see him coming out of the first turn no worse than fourth, and I would think on the far turn no worse than second, and moving on whoever happens to be in front. And if that's the case, it's just a question of how much he's going to win. Uh, to me, the only way he gets beat, some horse is going to have to jump up run the race of his life. He's going to have to go way off form or run into some traffic issues. I, I don't think... I. As I look at the race and imagine how it's going to be run, I don't see any of those as likely. Uh, so yeah, on on the Baltimore, and let's uh, yeah. where Barkley Tag really he kind of made his name in horse racing at, on the Maryland circuit. So it would be it would be a great uh, return for him if he could come there with a horse trying for the Triple Crown. And again, starting seventeen, you're going to start out by avoiding traffic anyway. So correct. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan in the Derby of these high numbers. I know you and I have talked about it, but yeah. they really should just limit it, uh, limit it to 14 horses anyway. Right. Like, all right, let's play the Super Bowl and have 13 players on a side. <laughs> and the biggest effect, <laughs> let's change the rules. Because typically in a horse race, it's no more than 14. Right. But the people at Churchill Downs, I know you'll be shocked by this, but they're a publicly traded company, and they like to get more owners and trainers to have to buy tickets, and nobody gets free tickets down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this year is different, obviously no fans. But, yeah, so they, they let 20 in there, and I, I've always been concerned. And we came really close to having an accident last year. Yeah. Uh, that it could be a disaster because if a horse in mm-hmm. front falls or makes a horse right behind him fall, then it's going to be a cascading situation. So, yeah, I wish they would just go down to 14 because there's 10 horses in this race. Absolutely no, <laughs> no chance. chance. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, nobody would miss but, them if they were gone. But I mean, I will say this: it you know, this is actually the first time you and ever you and I have ever had a cynical conversation about money being involved. So, that is, that's a good, that, yeah, there's a first for everything. <laughs> you and I have never had that conversation. No, not, not for not for one second. Nor would we ever consider such a conversation. Yeah. 
my friend. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Absolutely. <laughs> Dick Girardi. <laughs> no, he and I have never had that cynical conversation about money. Never. <laughs> All right, maybe we're fibbing. <laughs> All right, uh, Jody McDonald coming up in the next half hour. Uh, you know, when you grow up the son of Joe McDonald, who was with the Mets front office for years, you lived and grew up around Tom Seaver. All right, so we're going to talk to Jody Mack about that. In the next half hour, great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When other dealers can't get what you want, Sunbury Motors Hyundai is going strong. While others are leaving you in the cold, the deals at Sunbury Motors Hyundai are heating up with a sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai is committed to selling 20 new Hyundais by September 14th. Just listen to these deals. 2020 Hyundai Elantras starting at only 17.5. 2020 Konas as low as 21.642. 2020 Tucson's from just 22.5. The deals are hotter than the inside of your mask. And SMC has the vehicles you want in stock now. Remember, all new Hyundais come with America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 mile powertrain and 5 years, 60,000 mile base warranty. See why we say, if you want to have a fun day, you have to drive a Hyundai. They're doing whatever it takes to sell 20 new Hyundais by the 14th during the sizzling start to September. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. Sunbury SMC will be closed Labor Day Monday. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Obviously, this would have been the day before the opening game of the season. And uh, it also would have been the final weekend uh, for both the Cutters and the Spikes. In fact, they'd be playing each other this weekend, with uh, Labor Day being the finale at Medler Field, Lebrano Park. Now they play the waiting game. Their affiliations with the Phillies for the Cutters and the Cardinals for the Spikes will run out officially on the 15th, so they'll run out in 11 days. The overall agreement between Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball runs out September 30th. They began the negotiations they reintroduced negotiations on August 27th. Now we'll see where it ends up. There has to be some resolution to this. And now's the time to start finding out what that result is. The reason being is that those teams involved have to now start making decisions as to what they want to do with 2021. You know, what kind of promotional calendar you do you have to put together? How long is that promotional calendar? And as for college football, as I pointed out with James and I pointed out with Sandy last night, which I already had pointed out in the show anyway, Central Arkansas has now played two games. Central Arkansas hasn't anybody test positive yet by playing the games. You have players going up against each other in practice. Again, not testing positive on the NFL level and the college level to this point. It's not happening. They have put in extensive protocols, and when the protocols are followed, your chances of getting success are 
so much better. So much better. And that's what, you know, uh, that's that shows the dedication of the young people, how badly they want to play. You listen to Ellis Brooks. Ellis Brooks like, oh, said, I always loved football, but I never knew I loved it this much. He's talked about that. You know, they miss it. Now they're, yeah, they're practicing. Are they practicing? Yeah, they're practicing. You know, Penn State's been practicing. Everybody's been practicing. You know, I think, what, Maryland shut down? They had a spike there on campus. And, you know, I've I've had, what, three different interviews that people have done with me about what am I doing tomorrow. <laughs> I better follow through and do what I said I was going to do, <laughs> which includes cutting the lawn. Um, but it is something where, and I've pointed this out before, I don't need to have a weekend like this to then, oh, don't you appreciate it so much more? I've appreciated it every second I've had it. I've never for a second lost some appreciation for it. So, no, that doesn't enter into my equation at all. At all. This doesn't. Hey, that's appreciation. I've appreciated every second I've ever done the thing. Even when the days haven't been great in terms of the final score. So that's never been the that's never been the case. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK.